said, honey, how much damage did I do? And she said, daddy, the day that I came down the steps to tell you something, and you said, just one moment, let me finish this thought, you never looked up. And that hurt. And that's what she said, that hurt my feelings. And I thought, I did it again. You were hearing our guest on Focus on the Family today, speaking of the moments in time that can so easily pass us by if we're not aware that we need to make time for our marriage and our family. It's so easy to be caught up with what seems important or even urgent and end up missing opportunities for building into the relationships we have with those closest to us. Thanks for being with us today on Focus on the Family. Your host is Graham Schnell, and I'm Alison Schnell. Alison, we've been married long enough to know that we can't just operate our marriage on cruise control. We have to be intentional. In fact, one of the principles that we speak so often about, and particularly even on this broadcast, is that of intentionality. If we want our marriages to not only just survive but thrive, we have to be intentional. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that applies to the investment we make into our marriage on a daily basis. But it also applies to the protection we put up around our marriage. Absolutely. We have to be intentional about guarding our marriages from the many distractions and, quite honestly, the attack of the enemy. We know that marriage is God's design. It's his gift to us. And so, therefore, we also recognize that there's an enemy that wants to break it apart. I know. Well, here to talk to us more about guarding the heart of our marriage our very good friends, Dr. Gary and Barb Rosberg. They may not need an introduction because they are well-known guests, having been featured on the Focus on the Family program so often over the years, but also because they've been traveling to South Africa almost every year for the last decade to partner with Focus on the Family and strengthening marriages across the country. They are the founders of America's Family Coaches in the USA, And for over 30 years, they've been equipping couples with the tools they need to keep their marriages growing stronger for a lifetime. Welcome to Focus on the Family. Allison and Graham, thank you. Thanks so much. We're delighted. (laughs) We're delighted to be in the studio with Africa's Family Coaches. (laughs) That's your new title. (laughs) Well, it's such a joy to have you in studio with us. And uh, we've been traveling around the country hosting these events uh, called Date Night Events the story of us guarding the heart of our marriages. And they've been absolutely phenomenal. And it's the ninth year or the ninth time that we've been hosting these events with you. And we just so appreciate the incredible investment that you've made into the ministry of Focus on the Family and the marriages that we're serving. But it was about a year ago that uh, we had a Skype call and we were speaking about this tour of events and what the content would look like. And there was something it was stirring your, in your heart at the time. Just talk a little bit about that. Well, Graham, that's getting right at the heart of the matter as a term. One of the things that Barb and I have experienced as advocates for the family, champions for the family uh, in America is over the years of counseling and radio and writing and listening and, and speaking and now coaching, when you get up close to any of us as men and women as well as couples, If you look below the waterline, you see the private self. Mm -hmm. Now, we all see the public self. That's what we show each other. And so we're pleasant and encouraging. We see each other at church or at the workplace or on the street. And and we ask, how are you? And people say, fine. But below the waterline is, Chuck Swindoll says, is where life makes up its mind. 
It's in the homes. It's in the, the families, the, the intimacy of a marriage. And up close and personal, for four decades almost, Barb and I have uh, engaged families in marriages. And, uh, and it just so happened about a year ago that there was uh, very, very uh, public failings of some very major Christian leaders. And we had written the book Guard Your Heart years ago and then rewrote it for marriages. And when we began to really entertain that verse in Proverbs 4.23, when Solomon says, above all else, and Allison, it's the only time in the scripture those words are ever used. And when you're thinking that Solomon wrote above all else, and then he says, guard your heart. And then he says, why? For it's the wellspring of life. So everything emanates from the wellspring. And we were just chatting about returning and had just seen just the pain. And I can't imagine the pain in the homes of those leaders with their spouses and kids and grands or whatever. And, and, but we just thought, you know what, we, if we can come back and kind of ring the clarion bell to alert the pre-engaged, the married, the happily married, the hurting married, people that care about the institution that God created of marriage, and remind people to guard their heart. That would be worth traveling 13,000 miles one way to uh, spend time in this country that's kind of our second home and love the people of South Africa. And what is it that we are guarding our hearts from? Uh, Speaking to that, Bob. Well, there's a lot of things we can guard our hearts from, and it can be distractions. It can be a leaning towards sort of leaving the anchoring of marriage and grounding and priority of your marriage and family. Oftentimes, you know, when we see couples that have gone different directions, sometimes the first thing we ask is, who's your friends? What kind of male friends was he hanging around with or women friends? Because really, it's your friends that define you. It's almost like putting a mirror up as to your likes, your interests, uh, what you do with your extracurricular activities. And our friends can lead us out of the marriage or they can be similar to us, be like-minded, and keep us focused inside of our marriage. Mm -hmm. You talk a lot about um, just being in in some of these seminars about the balance of work and Mm. family life and guarding our our hearts and our marriages against the distraction of of work uh, and getting that out of whack, out of balance. And Gary, you you tell a story, which I'd love for you to share, uh, of how you got that wrong and just a, a moment in time that got your attention. Yeah, our friend Dr. John Trent Uh, who's certainly been on the uh, USA focus on the family radio often, coined a firm uh, called Emotional Freeze Points in his book Life Mapping. It's fascinating. And he said when any of us begin to kind of chart our life journey, uh, we can identify stages of life as children, as young adults, and certainly as adults, where there were incidences that happened that were frozen in time where we were we connected in our spirit and our emotions as well as in our head and so there was one particular time where our younger daughter who was probably five six seven at the time she's now 37 came down the stairs to where i was writing a book and it was a focus on the family uh, book healing the hurt in your marriage and i was typing away on the computer and she said daddy can i tell you something and i didn't even look up and i said missy i'll be with you in a moment let me finish this thought 
I mean, I remember, and that's why it's an emotional freeze point. I mean, I can tell you exactly uh, what I said. And I kept typing. And minutes went by, um, and I looked up, and she was gone. Well, she had gone to the bus stop to take the bus to school. So months after that, I was speaking in, in Orlando, and she flew with me um, and sat in the church all day long while I spoke, very very gracious. Allison would be like one of your three lovely daughters <laughs> whom we've met. And that night we put her in the car, or I put her in the car. We're driving. It's dusk, and I can see the shadow of a bridge overpass, and we're driving under it, and I turned to her, and I said, Missy, how much damage did Daddy do to our relationship by writing that book? Because it takes usually two years for us to write a book. And she said, Daddy, I don't want to be sad-spirited tonight. Now, I'd never heard that comment before, but that's a little girl's heart. And we went under the bridge, and I, I was frozen in time. And I said, Missy, uh, sometimes we need to be sad-spirited. I said, honey, how much damage did I do? And she said, Daddy, the day that I came down the steps to tell you something, and you said, just one moment, let me finish this thought, you never looked up. Mm. And that hurt. And that's what she said, that hurt my feelings. And I thought, I did it again. And so I look at the balance of work. W was I doing something important? Sure. I mean, was it worthwhile? Of course. But when it eclipses the connection in our marriages with our children, our grandchildren, our friends, our parents, and it all gets in the way and we keep putting things off, you know, uh, relationships, picnics, holidays, uh, forgiveness, uh, spending time even when we're disappointed. We all have countless opportunities. And it was another reminder to me that you need to always lean into the cross and lean into the relationship and make things right because life is very short. And now she's 37 and she and her sister Sarah are dear and I love them and we hug and kiss every time we're together and, and we say we love you whenever we interact. So I've, we've restored that. But every one of your listeners, Allison and Graham, are kind of thinking in their minds and their memories right now of times that we're just frozen in time. And sometimes we need to go back and make those things right. But we need to use them as reminders. In other words, we cause people to remember. And we do that at the conferences at the date night. We want you to remember. And we want to remind to guard your heart so that you're vigilant to protect your marriage and family. I'm thinking of somebody listening in, it's husband, maybe a wife, and you've touched a nerve. They've got some of those memories and uh, they can go back and restore and, and we want to bring that hope into that. But what, what are some practical things they can do if they're feeling trapped in this maybe cycle of, of having balance out of whack, having work and life not balanced? Uh, what are some changes that they can make um, to get that right. You've explained that so beautifully, Graham, because when God works in our hearts, our hearts are open and tender, and the voice of God has no human words. And so perhaps you as a listener, God's touching your heart and tugging you, and perhaps it's time for you to go home, go home to a marriage, a family, a relationship. I think the first thing that I've done when I've been there is agree with God that this is the right thing for me. And then confess 
my faults, confess my brokenness, confess my mistakes, my messiness, Gary, my missed opportunities of not uh, realizing that Mm -hmm. maybe you needed me in a moment or that the kids needed me and that I am frozen in that place. And then it's, what am I going to do about it? It's the first chance I get, whether it's picking up the telephone and calling you or calling the kids and saying, I'm sorry. What can we do together? Can we have coffee? Can we have a talk today after work? Can we meet together? And then it's forming an agreement with God. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to the way that I was, but I want to be new and I want to be intentional and make my relationship a priority going forward in the future. Yeah, and Barb used the term forgiveness. It, you know, the incredible uh, insight on that is forgiveness is really a one-word definition of Christianity. It's what distinguishes us from all other faiths. And so that forgiveness needs to first happen vertically. So when we are convicted in our spirit and we know that we have sinned or disappointed or wounded, we can start by confessing that to God and surrendering that because he is faithful and just and he will forgive us. But then we step into the horizontal. And a very practical way of doing that, and we've talked about this at date nights, is what we call a vector change. It's a two-degree change. So if you imagine a, a, a V and you have two axes on that V, one is time and one is change, people hear some of these messages and they say, well, I can't do a 180 degree turnaround and cut half of my workload and be home all day and, and I can't do those things, so I won't do anything. And that's when we correct them and say, yes, but you can do a two degree change. So you can come home 15 minutes earlier. You can have a date night every 14 days instead of every 30 days. You can pray with your children one night a week uh, if you're not doing it at all, and then you'll begin uh, to gain the confidence, gain the confidence to do it two nights a week. So you make these little small moment variable changes, and then over time you'll see exponential growth. And you'll find a lot more history of moving in towards the relationship and restoring your family. There are so many distractions that that we do have to guard our hearts yeah. uh, against and our, our marriages against. And we've talked about uh, the work-life balance. There's distraction of stuff and possessions and, and titles. But one of the most devastating distractions that we speak about, you've been speaking about at these events, is that of sexual temptation. And even yeah. these leaders that you reference, uh, many that have fallen, that no one would have expected and they don't just jump into that place. There's an erosion that's taking mm-hmm. place that we need a guard against. Uh, speak a little bit about that erosion and how we can guard against that erosion. Yeah. Well, Graham, whether that erosion is in regards to pornography, in regards to emotional connecting with somebody that you're not married to, sexual, uh, overt uh, adultery, uh, whether it is Uh, the erosion into pride, into workaholism, into uh, substance abuse. I mean, name your poison, because all of those poison the wellspring. So the erosion applies to all of these distractions. And years ago, a uh, a gentleman by the name of Tom Eisenman, uh, starts with an E-I-S-E-N-M-A-N, wrote a book, Temptations Meant Face. It's an InterVarsity Press publication for your listeners. And he said that there are 12 steps to an affair. And the 11th step is capitulation. So that's when sex occurs. Hmm. 
And the twelfth step is acceptance. So that's when you've completely bought the lie that you can't restore and go back. Mm-hmm. And that's a lie from the pits of hell. So God can restore. It's never too late. But the first ten steps, Graham and Allison, erode and they kind of dumb us down. They're just little by little by little. So it starts with an alertness and a, a readiness. There's something disquieted in your spirit. You start to realize somebody that there's a, a little ping of connection with. And then there's a, a public unintentional meeting. And, and then there's an intentional meeting. Um, and so now you're kind of planning to spend some time after work or after the meeting or after a choir or whatever. And then there's um, a public lingering. And if you've ever, Allison, walked up to a man and woman who weren't married and they were, there was a chemistry and your spirit was kind of like, ooh, this doesn't look good. And, and Graham and Barb, we've all seen that. And usually we're quiet because we don't know what to say. Well, that public lingering then can erode to private lingering. So now they're staying after or they're meeting for and first it's coffee and then it's lunch and then it's whatever. And then they go from non-affectionate embracing. So you can still get away with it and not have somebody think you're in an adulterous relationship. But then there's affectionate embracing. And so now there's all sorts of things. And then it moves very quickly into a sexual relationship. And when people have sat in my counseling office or whatever over the decades, you know, they look like a deer caught in the headlights is what we call it in the USA. Like, I, I'm not doing anything. And I'm thinking, yes, you are. And that could be on step nine. Yeah, they could point. be on step nine or ten. Yeah. And that's why we need to flee temptation. And where do we run? We run to the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the same place we've all run in our salvation, but it's the only place that is safe. And you hang on for dear life. And some people go, well, I'll hurt their feelings. Good, hurt their feelings. Or I'll disappoint them. You better disappoint them. And so we just say you run to that cross, you run to confession, you run to surrender, and you run to the forgiveness that can only come from Jesus Christ. You seek wise counsel with uh, biblical-based people uh, that will help you design a strategy to move into confession or surrender, seeking forgiveness in your family. You know, don't go in the back door and just blurt it, um, but get wise counsel, but move towards the sanctity of restoring this godly marriage that God intended for you. And that's where we, and we need to do it in the church. And the church needs to step up and move us into that kind of connection. And it can all happen. And our resources and other resources focus on that family has can certainly help you. I'm thinking of a man, let's say, who has been listening to what you've been saying, Gary, and maybe lights are starting to turn on that perhaps he's on the slippery sliding slope and in his mind before never considered he's done anything wrong. Uh, I like the, the term you use, gut check. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got some clear gut checks uh, that can sometimes just illuminate that you've actually crossed a line. Just give us some of your gut checks that might switch on that life. Yeah, man. well, Graham, it, it's nothing too fancy. Um, one of them is, and Allison, think of you know a choir practice or a small group or a picnic with people that you went to school with or whatever it is. If you go to that event as a man or a woman, or Barbara, I go to that event, and that person that we're having the chemistry with doesn't show up, and we're disappointed, that's a gut check. 
So if there's a sense of, oh, I thought he would be here, you're out of line. Now, that's pretty direct, but we're flying back to America and we'll never see these people, so we can say that. <laughs> Another gut check is I always envision that Barb, my mom, who's in heaven, and this is lousy theology, but I know she can see everything I'm doing, um, and my two daughters, who are the delights of our heart, uh, the four women of my life can stand with me in the presence of interaction with any woman and give me the thumbs up. Are my eyes honoring? I won't maintain eye contact with a woman um, because I don't need to maintain eye contact with a woman because sometimes that does something in her heart, and I'm thinking, I'm going to look at my woman. I, I've got plenty of uh, love for my uh, beautiful bride. Uh, my hands, how am I touching? My feet, how close am I in proximity? My ears, what am I hearing? My tongue, what am I saying? And if all four of those precious women of my life can look at me and go, you know, dad, son, husband, you're in great shape. You know, you're showing honor and care and empathy, way to go. Then that's a pretty good litmus test for me. But if one of them is going, mm, that was a little bit too much. It's just a good reminder. And so I, I just encourage people, and, and more importantly than that is Proverbs 5, when Solomon says, everything is in full view of the Lord. And that's the best gut check of all is that nothing that we're doing is secretive. And Satan loves to play in the darkness. Jesus is the author of light. He is light. And so put the relationship in the light. We'll be at a conference and a woman will come up and she starts, you know, connecting. I'll just say, well, let me have Barb answer that question. And if they say, well, we really didn't want to hear what Barb thought. We wanted to hear, or I wanted to hear what you thought. Then I run and say, Barb, I'm leaving, it's yours. Or, and that sounds, well, we've been married almost 44 years, so it sounds to me like a pretty good plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's another way we guard the heart of our yeah, marriage. Gary, it, it sounds like you have no room, no time no. to even linger. It's no. just run. Those are your words. It's, it's like an, an emergency. Well, it's what Treat Joseph it like did. an emergency. Yeah. yeah, it's what Joseph did. I mean, Potiphar's wife had his cloak in her hand. And he ran. And then she, you know, fabricated what happened. But he was a man of honor and courage. And he was, a, as we understand, a sharp-looking man. And so there may have been temptation. There may have been lust. There may have been, I mean, I would imagine his humanity. But he had too much honor for Potiphar and, and for doing the right thing, mostly for God, that he didn't compromise. And it's a, a great example for us. And so I want to be like Joseph. I want to follow Jesus. And I want my marriage to be illuminated, and I want to finish the race with my heart guarded. And we've made plenty of, you know, life is hard, so marriage is not easy. So there's all sorts of potholes in marriage. So please understand, this isn't a legalistic uh, design. This is just, we know who we are, <laughs> and we know the humanity, and we need the Spirit of God to help us fulfill all that God desires. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that because you're not saying it's going to be a perfect marriage. No, it's going to be a perfect easy. life. Yeah. Uh, but you're also saying set those boundaries in yeah. place yeah. in the good times yeah. before you're faced with Potiphar's wife and then having to come up with what is my strategy now? You've got a strategy. You've got those boundaries clearly in place and you know this is time to run. Yes. <laughs> well, we've talked about making sure that we are open towards one another 
and authentic. But Graham and Allie, this comes back to daily taking care of so-called the little foxes. And that is that oh, if your husband hasn't paid enough attention of you or called home or connected or and you get in a little tiff with your husband, just even thinking those thoughts about, oh, so-and-so's husband does it better. Well, those are the little foxes that can steal our hearts and cheat us from the great marriage that God wants us to have. So if I have spurred anybody's thinking, you know, think about how far those foxes could take you and turn back into your marriage and make it right. It's making that time to be open with your husband, forgiving, trusting, sharing, and bringing back the ease back into your relationship so that we can gain that reserve and safety in our marriage and then create that wall around our marriage. Well, Dr. Gary and Barbara Osberg, thank you so much for sharing your hearts and for investing into the marriages of South Africa and guard your hearts. Thank you. And Graham and Allison, you are easy to love. <laughs> and we're proud of you. And we're so grateful that God has appointed you to give leadership. And you're on the radio and you're ministering to people every day. So all of the listeners need to be reminded to pray uh, for Graham and Allison and their family and the ministry here at Focus on the Family. Thanks, Thank Gary and Bob. Guard your heart. Thank you. Well, it's always a pleasure to have Gary and Bob Rosberg in studio. And I feel as though they've really touched on some vital points in making sure that we are protecting our marriages. As Bob put it, it's most often the little foxes that get in and wreak havoc. So stay on guard and be intentional about the sanctity of your marriage. In their book, Guard Your Heart, Gary and Bob help couples to understand the temptations they face as they equip you to practice guarding love and protect your marriage. It's available online at safamily.co.za or give us a call on 031-716-3300 to order. You may also want to take our free online marriage assessment while you're stopping by our website. This is a great tool to find out where your marriage is at. It's based on 12 essential traits and it'll only take about 10 minutes to complete. That's at safamily.co.za. I'm so glad you could join us today, and I hope that you'll tune in next time. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Alison Schnell, inviting you back then, when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.